been doing, and we're excited to hear the word of the Lord this morning from Paul. Amen. What a lovely time to sing and to pray together. I will get you to stand just for one more minute. If you need a Bible, there's Bibles at the back. Just read a portion of one verse now, and there'll be more scripture in the message. From 1 John chapter 3, verse 1. See what great love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God. And that is what we are. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your love, your love that you've lavished on us. Thank you for your word. Give us ears to hear. Open our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Well, we're continuing our Trinity series today with a focus on God the Father. And today I get to talk about my daddy, my Abba, my Father in heaven. What a privilege. What a responsibility. I feel humbled. I feel inadequate in my own strength. Yet I know that my Heavenly Father loves me. He's with me. He'll help me in this task and in everything, each and every day, because I am his child. I am a child of the Father. See what great love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God. And that is what we are. Are you his child? Are you a child of the Father? How does that relationship start? And what kind of growth can happen? I want us to focus today on experience not just knowledge in our head, but we need both. We should desire understanding and experience. In the first message in the Trinity series, Joseph presented the goals to better understand who God is and what God does and to experience God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. An amazing and challenging truth revealed in the Bible and through the Spirit is that we can become children of the living God. We can communicate and commune with God as our Father, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. This prayer can be so much more than words. It can be a lived experience. 
And speaking of lived experience, I had quite a full day last Friday teaching at my elementary school. It's what we call our school watch for the Christmas concert. We haven't had a Christmas concert in person for quite a while, so it was really exciting. And all the kids came down to the gym and the stage area, and they took turns doing their songs, and we had actions. I did some of the conducting. Thankfully, I remembered most. There was even like a heart shape at one point, and then pop! And oh, it's just amazing. And it would not have been the same if we just sat and like just talked about it or thought about what it actually might be like. It was fantastic because it was a lived experience. And my prayer, not only today, but moving forward, is that we will not only better understand God the Father, but that we will experience what it's like to be a child of the Father. We will have a personal child's perspective on God the Father. And this experience, this life of being a child of God, it starts with being born again. Jesus said very truly, I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. And in that same passage, we read, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. When we invite Jesus into our lives, when we pray something like these words from our heart, I'm sorry, Jesus, please come into my life. Thank you. We become children of God. I'm sorry, Jesus, please come into my life. Thank you. In the name of Jesus, amen. I want to look at potential pitfalls or challenges when we think of God the Father. And then I want to look at the topics of will and loving relationship as they relate to God the Father. One obstacle that I have, and I'll try to be brief because I don't know if it's your challenge as well, but it is mine. It has been in the past. I tend to view God the Father kind of as the Old Testament God, kind of stern, bit harsh, sometimes removed. But this is completely, absolutely incorrect. This is my problem. It's my faulty perception. And by acknowledging it, acknowledging that I have a misunderstanding, I'm able to change it. And I felt led to mention it just to point out that we probably have at least 
some misconceptions and some incorrect perceptions about God the Father. God, as revealed throughout the whole Bible, is the triune God, three equal and eternal persons, Father, Son, and Spirit, in communion together as one God. I really like that definition that Joseph gave in our introductory series. There's not a different God in the Old Testament and the New Testament. It is the same God. It is our triune God. So we need to realize that we often have pre-existing misunderstandings and biases, and we need to be honest about them. We need to be discerning. We need to be open to growth. We need to allow Scripture and the Spirit to inform our understanding and experience of God. So let us be humble. Let us be people who seek. And let us stay in community for iron sharpens iron. I think the biggest obstacle for many when you're talking about God the Father is just the word Father. Because we all have experiences and emotions connected to this word. What are your emotions around the topic of father? Did you have a kind, gentle father? Or sadly, maybe you had a harsher and even abusive father. Possibly your father left. Does the word father for you trigger some of the worst feelings imaginable? For myself, I was blessed with a father that I loved and respected. And he grew up on a farm in Saskatchewan during the Great Depression. And there was a family story that uh, apparently the, the family was going to lose the farm. They didn't have enough money, and the banker came, and my dad's dad, my grandfather, saw the banker who was going to kick them out of the house, and he grabbed the banker, and he threw him over the fence, and that was that. They kept the farm. Anyway, I'm not, that's kind of like an Old Testament story. The, the, the characters, the narrative speaks for itself. I'm not saying to copy those actions, but it did show that my dad came from tough stock, he left the farm when he grew up and he used his toughness and his determination to serve the Lord as a preacher and a teacher for many years. And my dad died when I was 30, and it was one month after my first child was born. So all of a sudden, I transitioned from having a father to being a father. So even for me, the word father just has so many emotions attached to it. And my heart 
goes out to you if you have experienced grief or trauma as a result of a father or a father figure in your life. I believe it's my opinion that emotions can leave a fingerprint that intellect can't always erase. And it's easy to say, it's easy to say it, and it's absolutely true that God the Father, our Heavenly Father, is a perfect Father. He is a wonderful Father. He is steadfast, loving. But it is hard if your experience of Father has been destructive or traumatic. It is important just to acknowledge how you feel and ask God for continued recovery and healing. I'd like us to spend a few moments looking at the will of God the Father and also how God the Father wants to have a loving relationship with us. And for me, when I think of will on one hand and loving relationship from a, a child's perspective, I feel a certain amount of tension between the two. I think of loving relationship. Yeah, loving relationship with God the Father. That seems like a great thing. Awesome. And it is. It absolutely is. I think of life. I think of healing. I think of protection. I think of wholeness. So loving relationship, two big thumbs up. Absolutely enthusiastic about it, all over it. Now, what about the will of the Father? And what about putting the will of the Father above our own will? Oh, are we starting to feel a little uncomfortable? Well, how did Jesus think and act in regards to the will of God the Father. It says in John 6, 38, and this is Jesus speaking, For I have come down from heaven not to do my will, but to do the will of him who sent me. Jesus said, I'm not here to do my will. I'm here to do the will of whom? The will of of the Father. This is why I'm here. I'm here to do the will of the Father. And then Jesus goes on in that passage to shed light on the subject of what the will of the Father is. And this is the will of him who sent me, that I shall lose none of all those he has given me, but raise them up at the last day. For my Father's will is that everyone who looks to the Son and believes in him shall have eternal life, and I will raise them up at the last day. We see that the Father sent the Son, and that the will of the Father is that everyone who looks to the Son and believes will be saved. 
will have eternal life. The Father's will is loving. The Father's will wants to save humanity. In Romans 12, verse 2, the will of God is described as good, pleasing, and perfect. Good, pleasing, and perfect. God speaks into our lives. God asks us to submit to his will. And at times, like a stubborn child, we resist. No, we think we know better. We think we have the answers. But in those moments, we don't understand the Father. We're not getting it. We don't realize that the Father's will is not destructive. It's not meant to hurt us. It's not meant to even hinder us. In fact, it's the opposite. Submitting to the will of the Father brings life. It brings wholeness, freshness, vitality. The Father's will is a good and pleasing and perfect will. And for those times when we're being challenged to submit to the will of the Father, let us again consider the example of God the Son, of Jesus, who prayed these words before the crucifixion. Father, if you are willing, take this cup from me, yet not my will but yours be done. Not my will, but yours. Can we say that to our Heavenly Father? Not my will, but yours. God the Father desires a loving relationship with us, and I'll conclude with a few final thoughts I want to read from Matthew 18, verses 12 to 14. What do you think? If a man owns a hundred sheep and one of them wanders away, will he not leave the 99 on the hills and go and look for the one that wandered off? And if he finds it, truly, I tell you, he is happier about that one sheep than about the 99 that did not wander off. In the same way, your Father in heaven is not willing that any of these little ones should perish. What an amazing image of God the Father's concern and care for us. We also have the image of the prodigal or the lost son. I really relate to this parable. And the son returns to the father. We won't go through it all today. You can read the story in Luke 15, verses 11 to 32. But from verse 20, it says, While he, the son, was still 
a long way off. And this is after he spent all the money, turned his back on the father. While he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him, and kissed him. God the Father is full of compassion. God the Father is also a gift giver. Matthew 7, verse 11. I found it interesting it was 7-11. Anyway, it explains that your Father in heaven will give good gifts to those who ask him. So what do you need? What do you need? The Father will give good gifts to those who ask him. We can't possibly touch on everything this morning, but what about prayer? We have the opportunity to pray anytime, day, night, without ceasing to God, our Father, to be in constant connection and communication. God, the Father, is a loving Father. I want to leave you with the account of the baptism of Jesus. Shows the love of the Father, and it involves the three persons of the Trinity. Father, Son, and Spirit. Reading from Mark chapter 1, verses 9 to 11. At that time, Jesus came from Nazareth in Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. Just as Jesus was coming up out of the water, he saw heaven being torn open and the Spirit descending on him like a dove. And a voice came from heaven, You are my Son, whom I love. With you I am well pleased. Let's pray. Dear Father in heaven, just thank you so much that we can even say that. Father, just I cannot fathom you. You are so amazing. And the fact that you offer salvation and eternal life with you, that you desire us to be your children. We just give you praise. We give you glory. We thank you from our hearts. In the name of Jesus, amen.